Welcome to Podcast Day. Um, this is a podcast made made to help those in need of guidance in teaching English in Asia. And let me introduce myself. My name is Kyle Kim. I'm a language school owner down in Korea, and、um, language schools has been my family business for forty years. And I've been running my own school,、um, own schools actually, for about fourteen years. Hi, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>、um, my name is Kelly Steele. I've been here for about nine months, actually, and、um, yeah, that's that's pretty. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, I'm Tom. I'm Tom Jessup, and I've actually been in Korea for over six years now. I recently came to Like School, but before that, I was teaching mostly kindergarten and elementary school. So this has been quite a challenge teaching middle school. It's really different, but. I guess we can talk about that later. Cool, cool.、Um, really quickly, just a quick background. Obviously, I'm Korean, born but educated in the U.S. And Kelly,、uh, I'm like 100% USDA, like <laughs> American beef, like <laughs> made,、wow. made, raised, like educated in the United States. So, like as America as it gets. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm from England, although because I've been here so long, my accent has become somewhat diluted. Oh no! That was mainly for the benefit of my kindergarten students. They used to correct me on my English. <laughs> Teacher, it's not cat, it's cat.、Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Calm down, Harry Potter. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs>、mm. Oh, cool, cool, cool. All right. So, welcome and、um, and well, thank you for joining this this venture of doing podcasting. Anyway, so. We're gonna first just talk about our week, and、um, I thought this segment would be good, just so that you know whoever was planning to come to Korea will hear what it's like to be here, and、uh, you know, just to and, and just kind of like a what's what's ordinary here, what's everyday. Yeah.、Um, my ordinary, my everyday, I guess, might be slightly different because I I, I I I do teach, but then I'm not a foreign teacher per se.、Um, I started training a newly hired、um, detention teacher. A lot of the language schools will have those detention teacher, and、um, what they do basically is they、um, sounds so scary. Well, well, my 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 new detention teacher actually she used to be a Taekwondo instructor. Really? Yeah, she's she's a she's a fifth degree. She has a I don't know is a degree five or fifth degree, but fifth degree, fifth、yeah. degree Taekwondo black belt and、um, <laughs> wow, you had you had not known that, huh? Yeah, I did not know. <laughs> but now I know. I need to be careful. Like、yeah. I should feed her. Like don't hit me. <laughs> but、uh, yeah, anyway, so I I started training her. I've been seeing her twice a week, ninety、uh, minutes every time, and、um, it's been going pretty well. I think detention teacher. I mean, I used to joke around saying that、uh, the copy machine and the detention teachers are the hardest job at this school. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the copy machine just never stop working at the school, so they just work nonstop. And then the detention teacher, she gets all kinds of kids, and well, I don't want to say bad kids, but all the loveliest, most yeah, exciting children. All the children. loveliest kids. I mean, they, you know, the kids that. <laughs> Didn't study and therefore needs extra time, and kids didn't do their assignments, therefore extra needs extra time. So, it it comes with a lot of patience and also dealing with kids, and they deal with everything.、Um, detention teachers, they deal with every single book, obviously,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I don't have her job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, you know, so I had to you know, train her. It's been going pretty well. I I I think one good way to check or or, or see see how good the school is is. Not really to take it. Not not seeing how good the good kids are, but seeing how you know、um, slow kids are being 
I guess, helped or treated. That's a good point, actually. I never really thought of that. And that's why I tend to spend a lot of time with detention teachers. I mean, they get the longest amount of hours of training when they when, when they get hired mm-hmm. by me. So, yeah. So that's what I've done this week. Um, Kelly? Um, <clears throat> my week has actually been pretty normal. Um, the only thing that's been different is we moved... Uh, one of our TOEFL classes from, like, independent questions into the uh, integrated questions. And uh, so instead of just writing about their own personal experiences and opinions, like, now they have to be listening and reading and talking about what other people are talking about. And uh, it's been an interesting experience because for them it's a lot more work, and, of course, Mm. they don't want to do it. So... um, it's been an interesting experience trying to keep them like pumped up when you're talking about like parking tickets. So right, right, right. It's been it's been a struggle. <laughs> well, that seems to be one of the key things with teaching middle school. Uh, one of the key differences for me, teaching middle school than to teaching elementary school and kindergarten school or well, students in kindergarten like school or in a hagwon. They come to you in the morning, and they're giving you motivation. They're like, "Hello, teacher, we love you," and you're like, "I am pumped for the day." Whereas middle school students, they're a little more low-key, you know. They're kind of going through puberty. They're figuring themselves out, you know. And they, I think they, uh, yeah, it, it takes a lot more subtlety, a lot more finesse to kind of get them and keep them motivated, you know. So if you are talking about something boring, then you really have to, yeah, it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a challenge to keep them motivated sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult stuff, though. I mean, total speaking. Mm. When I first saw the test, I, I, I actually went to the, like, a seminar I buy the t- ETS, the company, and I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, okay, so there's six minute passage, and you want us to teach these kids to break it down into sixty seconds, mm. and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just uh, but you know, it's a, it's a, it is a good test. Anyway, yeah. and anything else? Uh, no, that, oh, okay, good. and yeah, yeah so Tom. I mean, for me, I, like I mentioned before, I only started at the school like a month ago, so I feel like I'm, I'm finding my feet now. When you first start any new school, there's like a period where everything's just a blur and there's 101 things you're supposed to remember and you have to just write everything down. And, but after like sort of two, three, four weeks, it starts to settle. So I really feel like I'm getting into that kind of period of, oh, I know, I know what I'm doing now. And uh, this week I had a couple of classes where I can't explain it. They just went amazingly. Like all the kids were really motivated. I was motivated. It was like this perfect sort of, golden zone of motivation where we were all just like yeah let's do this let's talk about parking tickets or whatever whatever it was you know and it, it was just great i i remember you kyle came to came to my class right after yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, he, was, he was amazed was yeah like, i was on i was on a teaching high at that point i was like wow because you really do kind of get like almost like a high after a really good class you know yeah so uh, yeah that was those were the highlights of my week yeah cool, cool. it was good all right all right all right, so um, that's the inside scoop of how we're... Um, by the way, um, just to throw it out there, um, we all teach at the same school. And, mm, yeah, uh, maybe we should yeah, mention yeah. that, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't have... This, is, this isn't something that we got to hide or anything like that, you know? So, mm, of course. Yeah, we all teach at a wonderful school called Life School. <laughs> <laughs> the most wonderful of schools. The most, the most wonderful school. And, and, and if you believe you're a wonderful person, please come join us. All right, so today's topic... Um, the first episode is uh, how we got here. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you had you had, a, you had a different topic. I, I wanted to use, but I forgot about it. The song title or something. 
Oh, the, the song title was just like the name of the episode because it says how we got here, and I just wanted to change it to started from the bottom. Now we're okay, here. Okay, okay, okay. So, <laughs> and so I like that. When we, <laughs> he picked up what I was putting down. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so when we uh, when we upload this, uh, we will change it to what was it again? Started from the bottom. Start now we're here. From the bottom. Now we're here. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Um, now. Um, in my case, I started this business, well, because my parents were doing it, and I took over, and, um, you know, I've been doing this ever since I graduated college, so I've been running school since I was 22, and, you know, it just came to me natural, but I am curious, um, especially for those who wish to come here one day, um, I do, I am curious, and I think the listeners might be curious, how you guys chose to come to Korea. Mm, for sure. It's different for everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How so, about you, Kelly? How, I, I, we hinted the other day that you had an interesting origin story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I want to hear that. <clears throat> All right. Well, so, so here it goes. Let me, let me lay it down. Um, so uh, I actually have a pretty interesting Korea story because I studied at uh, Ihua for a semester, which is the like one of the top women's colleges in Korea. So I, that's when I really fell in love with Korea and... Um, I was, you know, in college, I was about to graduate, and you're panicking, like, oh my god, I need, I have tons of student loans, I, I need to pay them off, I need a job, like, right now! Mm. So, um, I was pretty much applying to everywhere and anywhere that was looking, like, I think secretary. that's a situation many people are in, right? Yeah, for real, mm. like, I, I never could understand why secretary jobs needed five years of work experience. <laughs> I mean, come on, be real, be real. So... You know, I was applying to everything and everywhere, and I I remembered that I had met a woman here at a concert, actually, in line, that was from Australia that taught at a hagwon in Korea. And I was like, you know what? Psh, let's let's try it. Let's just, on a whim, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, I had applied to everywhere, so I was like, all right, let's do this. So I randomly sent my resume to some, like, recruiting whatever and, um, yeah, then I got an email the next day and started the whole process. So um, it was, I guess, an interesting but not entirely untypical, <laughs> like, story of how I got, came to Korea. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, was there any particular reason why you chose Korea and not, like, Japan or China or somewhere like that? Um, I went to Japan, and Japan, like, I had a horrible time in Japan. Like, it was expensive and just, uh just hated every second of it yeah the, the living costs were my reason for yeah, not japan too exactly exactly and plus japanese is so hard to read oh my god <laughs> so i was just like let's let's go korea like i already love korea i love korean food like it's gonna be great so that's that's why korea not especially not china never china their writing system is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> well, and ironically enough I've, st- I've started trying to learn a little bit of a of the hanja oh yeah yeah uh, and you're right it's crazy it's really hard yeah cool. <laughs> way harder than korean anyway yeah what I didn't realize that before I came was that the Korean writing system is perfectly phonetic. Yeah. You can just read it left to right, like, as if it was English. You just need to learn the characters. Right. right. Whereas Chinese, you just need to, like, I don't know, guess. <laughs> 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 Study really hard. Yeah. Korean, you can learn in, like, a day. The, just yeah. the alphabet, anyway. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. All right. And Tom? Yeah. Um, well, unlike Kelly, who had... <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, like a wealth of knowledge before you came. I knew nothing before I came. In my head, I was thinking Japan or China or Korea. I just thought I wanted somewhere in Asia because it's really far away and Mm -hmm. consequently must be interesting, you know. So I thought, well, like you said, Japan is too too expensive. 
I get paid a similar amount to Korea, but the living costs are just so high that mm-hmm. it's going to cost. I won't be able to save very much there. And I thought China sounds good because I could learn this really difficult language and then come back and show off, you know, like I <laughs> can learn this amazing, this amazing skill. And I thought, well, you know, China is becoming more and more relevant on a serious note, you know, like I thought it's becoming more and more relevant. So like, you know, yeah, let's get, get ahead of the game and learn Chinese. But then the pay was just so low compared to Korea, which is like this perfect middle ground of Asia and interesting culture, interesting language and a pay that I could save on. You know, I could save this money and, you know, yeah. So that's why, that's why I chose Korea. As to the actual sort of physical act of coming here, it was such a fiasco, such a, such a stressful (laughs) fiasco. Yeah. Like, uh, cause you have to go through so much, um, well, you have to get the, the criminal background check and, you know, I've committed many, many crimes, so it was hard. No, I'm t- totally joking. Hard to hide all those bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just you have to go for the criminal background check and you have to get all your transcripts and then you have to get all these documents collated together before you can, apl- you know, before you can fully complete your application, your visa application. And uh, the window was slowly closing. Mm-hmm. As, and I was getting these documents in, like, just in the nick of time, you know, just mm-hmm. in time. And then my actual visa that I applied for was on my passport, right? So they had to send me back my passport. And uh, I was like, oh, it's not going to arrive. It's not happening. The dream is done. The dream is done. The dream, you know, like the dream's <laughs> over, man. You know? So I had to call them up. I'm like, look, my passport's just not arriving. Like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, what can we do about this? And like, you know, well, we can wait a little longer and blah, blah, blah. So it gets to the Friday where I'm supposed to be flying. And they were saying, well, if, they, if I don't catch the plane, they can, you know, they can return the ticket. It's not a problem. My visa arrives on the morning of the flight. Wow. Right. So I was like, uh, peace, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to Korea. <laughs> Packed my bag and just rushed to the airport. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And they arrived, and yeah, that's how I got here. Oh, that's, a, that's a quite a story, actually. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's do the check then. Um, I guess, Kelly, mm. actually, before, before we do the check, let me, let me go over through this. You did mention the, the, the horrific process of getting oh. the documents ready. Yeah. And, uh, well... It wasn't always like that, though. I mean, when I first started way back in 2001, 2002, it, you know, we didn't have to go through FBI checks. And even mm-hmm. as Hagwon or Academy owners, I mean, when we got a letter from the government saying that you need an FBI criminal check, I was like, what is this a CSI mm, right. deal here? And, uh, and we, all th- we all thought it was ridiculous. But then again, there's always that one or two, you know, the, 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 the crime that happened and, and it gets piled up and up. I know it's crazy for for teachers uh, when they come here. How overwhelming was it? The the visa or just getting here? You get, well, the whole document, just the document aspect, uh, I guess. The, the documents was atrocious. Like, it was probably the worst thing ever. Um, I, I've never, like, hated my own country's bureaucracy more <laughs> than having to deal with the visa process, mm. especially the mail system, because the mail is takes forever. And, of course, like, they kept pressuring me to use like this expedited service but i'm like i'm a college student i can barely afford to buy my own food i don't know where you think i'm gonna pop up 50 bucks for this um so like having to wait weeks and weeks for like the mail was horrible and then there's like no information on where you can get anything done and i i thank my lucky stars that ups exists and that they have like stores that have people that have notaries and like can do everything that you needed because 
if UPS did not exist, I would not be here. Like, really <laughs> wow. and truly, that UPS store lady saved my life. <laughs> we, but um, in my experience, I, I did have uh, at least a couple of teachers who had gotten their mails lost. Yeah, that oh, just yeah. happened, yeah. And, yeah. and wow, it's crazy. It's so stressful, too, and I feel like the, that kind of release of joy when you arrive here is, like, inversely correlated, directly inversely correlated with, exactly. with, the, with the frustration that you feel when you're trying to actually do the process. Right, yeah. right. And, and that does actually give me a good insight, though. I mean, I never really thought about that um, as a college student. It could be a burden, like, financially to say, oh, use, use an express mail or use a priority mail because, or register mail. And each of that all piles up to be more than, you know, close to $200, I guess. Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know one person that actually did all of the expedited everything, and it was over $200. Right, so. right. And then in some states, you would have to go to a consulate mm-hmm. or embassy and take a cap there. And it's, yeah. yeah, I guess, you know, that's, that is a... Because when you try to get a job, you don't really think about the underlying cost. Yeah, you have to pay for your job. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, pay to about, get paid. And, it, and it's totally worth it. But the problem is, at that time, you don't know yet that it's totally right, worth it. Right. You know, yeah. you just you're not aware of that at that point. So you just only see the frustrations. Yes, and if you come to life school, everything will be all worth it. Yeah, no sparkle, <laughs> golden. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> and, and and what about you? I mean, you, you did say it was pretty excruciating too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was. I mean, actually, the, the I do have a question. I mean. FBI is an, is an American thing. How did yeah. you get your criminal background? Yeah. Well, you see, we don't have the... the, the is, is this like an MI6 criminal background? <laughs> yeah, I have to take the spy test, like in the James, James Bond. Bond. Yeah, I have to but, take some people out. What does... <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what do people in UK do? Yeah, so we have just the Scotland Yard, which is like the London police sort of, I don't know what you call it, constabulary. I'm not sure what we call it still. But anyway, yeah, we only have one national police service. We don't, we don't have to... We don't have the FBI. So actually, for us, it's a little bit easier. Okay. We don't have to go through the same long, it's not as long of a waiting process for us as it is for our friends overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that, I mean, it's still weeks and weeks, but we can just apply to our local police office, get, oh, you know, okay. get our fingerprints done anywhere, or just send them in. You know, yeah. it's really not a big deal. That's, that's actually a lot convenient. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's way more convenient, yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, there were a time, there was a time in, in, in Korea in this this Hagwon Frenzy, that we started hiring a lot of people from Australia and New Zealand. Mm. And uh, well, back then, once again, we didn't have to do, these, do all this criminal, back, criminal background, background checks. So I guess I, I, I do, but I know there are, they're still out there, those people. I mean, I have also hired a teacher from South Africa before. Mm. But these are all days before criminal background checks. So I don't know, you know whether these things are related or maybe just because uh, um, school owners also look at, I mean, we, we get teachers. Um, from recruiters. I mean, very rarely we would directly go search for one. Mm. Mm. Unless you're a very small time, then you'll actually post notes on Dave ZSL Cafe or or Facebook. Ah, yeah, Dave ZSL. That's like, oh yeah, if, if there's anyone listening and you haven't yet found Dave ZSL Cafe, get on there immediately. Don't read all the comments. Just read, read the posts, read exactly. the stickers, learn some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is, yeah. Is, is, is that still relevant? I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's oh, still, definitely. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of whining that goes oh, on. Oh, so much bitter. <laughs> Don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay attention to that, but yeah. like, yeah, this, this, some of the stickers are, are useful, yeah. Uh, okay, well, um, all right, so Tom, have your expectations met? I mean, one of your, I guess, a strong reason was uh, financial, and how you might be able to save money and yeah. get the experience. I guess when it comes to experience, you wouldn't know about that, and mm. you know because you would only come to one country out of the three, right? Yeah. So I guess 
your experience here is is could be as good as you know the experience you might have gotten in in China or Japan. Yeah, so I, I mean, guess I, financial aspect wise, um, have your expectations met? Yeah, well, I mean, financially, it's just, I mean, it's it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. But I feel, I mean, obviously, I would have had. I mean, I, well, who can tell? Who can tell what could have been, you know? Right, right, right. But I, one thing I do say to people actually is when they ask me like, "Oh, why did you come to Korea?" And I say, well, my reasons for coming to Korea and my reasons for staying in Korea are actually different. My reason for coming to Korea was like almost purely financial and just I wanted an adventure, you know. Right. I wanted to have an adventure and I wanted to earn some money while I was doing it. Now, I could, could have done that anywhere, but I stay in Korea for different reasons, you know, like mm. the food and the people and I love it here, you know. So those, in that respect, my expectations were, you know, surpassed okay. by a oh. large margin. That's, that's, that I'm, I'm very glad to hear as a Korean. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Kelly? Um, it's pretty much the same. Like like I said, I, I came here basically just to pay off student loans, which I have been paying, so at least that expectation has been met. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, planning on staying for at least another year and, you know, saving up for grad school. And I've gotten to travel and everything, so it's been, it's been really amazing. And the, the food is... Like, the number one thing I missed when I went back to the stage was mm-hmm. the food. It's like, the bomb, right? It's the bomb. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, the best thing ever. <laughs> it's so, so cheap, too. It's so cheap. <laughs> it's so cheap. So, um, yeah, so pretty much all of my expectations have been, like, met or exceeded. And I think that's, like like Tom said, like, the reason that, I, you know, I want to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one question that I also wanted to talk about, um, did you think about, what city you're coming in and, and how this city might be different. I mean, if we're, we're doing this in Tegu, Korea. So did you ever really stop and think about or research about what this city is all about and how this might be different in Seoul? Or or maybe you, you read a thread somewhere, like Dave ZSL maybe? Um, I did do a Wikipedia search because I had never heard of Daegu. And uh, that's about as far as I got in terms of research was just, like, the Wikipedia article where it was, like, the fourth largest city in Korea. And I was like, okay, good, I'm not going to end up in the boonies somewhere where I'm, like, the only white person there. Like, okay, we've avoided that, at least. Um, I will say that it was a bit... I mean, because I'm I'm from the southern United States, and uh, it's really hot there, and I was hoping to escape the heat not realizing that Daegu is also, like, Korea's hottest city because it yeah. sits in the middle of mountains, <laughs> just like my hometown. So <laughs> it was a bit frustrating to get here and have it be, like, super hot. But um, other than that, like, I, I will say that Daegu is different than Seoul, and I, I like the difference. Like, Yeah, me too. I mean, Seoul is so big that you can never, ever have enough time to experience all of it. And, like, there's so many places to go and... Like, you just kind of get stuck going to few few certain areas. But in Daegu, there's, like, one downtown where everybody meets, and it's just really, like, nice and feels kind of homey, I guess. Mm. I feel that adds to the community feel with the expats in, in Daegu specifically. Yeah. Also Busan to a certain extent as well, but we just have, because it's a little more concentrated, and especially the places that foreigners quote foreigners actually i forget now that before, when i first arrived and we were referred to as foreigners i found it really weird actually but um yeah so when it was kind of expats we all kind of congregate in a similar place so it kind of adds to that sense of community and mm. like you said yeah. homeliness i mean no. one, one point that i did wanted to make was a lot of people i mean i have i have got refusals just because the school was in tegu and mm. um and one thing that i do want to make a point about is the fact that um, to be satisfied, obviously, 
you have to choose your city very wisely, and yeah. um, like you, you should never make a mistake of comparing <laughs> Korea to U.S. directly or Korea to U.K. directly because it's two completely different countries. I mean, yeah. I I, yeah. I was raised in the U.S., so I know that. I mean, U.S. is 48 times bigger than Korea. Most of the states in America are to at least two times bigger than Korea, mm-hmm. right? In that as- aspect, you have to compare city to city. And, I mean, I do want to ask, how did Wikipedia, did, did, did it help? Um, I mean, like, like I said, the Wikipedia helped in, in, like, letting me know that this is not, like, the middle of nowhere and that there are, you know, other foreigners, they are doing interesting things. Like, Wicked Travel, like, has tons of pages or something of things that people do in Korea. So it was nice to know that, you know, there's stuff to do. You're not mm-hmm. just going to be chilling in a McDonald's, like, the whole time. <laughs> like, right. yeah. But, I mean, you know, we, we should remember, I mean... That there are people like that, you know. Um, some people do choose to go deep, deep into the countryside because they have a heart to take care of the, uh, you know, um, children who, who never gets to see foreigner or, or Caucasian or, or. Oh, actually, yeah, I have a friend who he he deliberately moved to the countryside because I mean he was a like a devout Christian, right, right. And right. one of the reasons that he came to Korea is because he wanted some time to really figure some serious life things out with regards to his faith. So he kind of lived an almost monkish sort of monastic lifestyle in the countryside, and that's exactly what he wanted. And I was like, okay, more power to you, brother. You know, (laughs) more power to you. Not my cup of tea, but I get it. Yeah, you do your thing. And and I know some people come to choose to, you know, work at the city and then realize how industrialized, you know, language teaching business is in in countries like Korea. I mean, same thing in Japan, too. And China's slowly becoming like that. But... You have to be really careful in terms of choosing um, your school. Um, I don't know when you are doing interviews and stuff. Did you, or, or both of you, I guess? Did you, or you, were you ever offered, or did you ever ask a chance to talk to the the the, the person who was working there currently? I think I think you did. I think I remember asking you when we did our interview. And then you talked to uh, Andrew. Andrew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we emailed. Uh, a few times, yeah. Right. I'd highly recommend that to people who are coming. Like, right. yeah, get in contact with someone who actually works at the school. I mean, I've been on both sides of that. Actually, I've been right. on the side of emailing my new school and be like, "Hey, is it is it terrible? Do you get paid on time? What's it like?" Yeah. You know. Then I've also been for years now the person who people, you know, the point of contact in Korea for people who are coming to ask me those questions and you know, where will you live? Where will I live? You know, how far is it from the school? All these questions that people have when they're, you know making their journey here and yeah i've been the person who has to receive those emails and try and like <laughs> cover all those bases yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting i get to see all the questions that people have when they came because unlike me they're asking intelligent intelligent questions <laughs> i was a complete simpleton i just like oh cool job let's let's go do that in korea bye everyone i knew nothing in hindsight it's insane that i managed to get into a really nice school with you know owners i could trust and that's why I stayed at the same school for six years. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I, you know, I looked out here. So yeah, not changing. Cool, cool. I mean, it's 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 this is a this is a eye opener for me to to hear because I mean I never really delved deeply into the reasons why you know one might come in. I, I guess also it could be different if I it, it, say a student asked you, teacher, why are you here? I mean, you're not going to say, oh, because I have college loans. Yeah, but <laughs> their bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or if, if you know, if, if your superior, your, your boss asks you, so why Korea? And and you know, you might give it a different reason. But yeah, I guess, right. <laughs> I guess hearing hearing what what have been said thus far would, I guess, people will empathize. 
Yeah, of course. And that's much a lot like, of people's practical situation. Right, you know, right. like for people who I've met while I've been here, you know, the right. friends of mine. Yeah, a lot of them in the same situation. They'd like to keep moving forward with their life. They'd like to keep learning new skills and, you know, and also have an adventure, but also earn some cash. Pay <laughs> yeah. off those loans. Yeah. I do want to wrap this part up, but I do want to say, I do want to ask, let's say, Kelly and Tom. I mean, if there are, say, three things that uh, a teacher who wished to come out to Korea or maybe Asia um, that they, they, they must do or they should do to, I guess, secure the well-being of the uh, time here, mm. what would that be? You mean while they're here? Or, so before they come here. Ah, in preparation. In preparation. Ah. Like, you know, I mean, you said that the uh, contacting the people who's currently working at that school might be important. Okay, so that's, that's got to be number one. Like, but, uh, besides that, I mean, so I guess let's start with you. So if that's one, yeah, what so that's, other two would, yeah, would you recommend? Well, for sure, that's number one. Like, you've got to get in contact with the people who work there. Speak to someone who isn't, you know, the boss. Right. Whose you know interests are are a little bit separate from from the boss's interests, um, and also I feel, I mean I mean obviously get your documentation in order. That's all the practical stuff. But in a sort of more general sense, like really be prepared to try a bunch of stuff because you're going to be in a new place with a bunch of new people. And even if you're not trying new stuff, actually, even if you're trying the stuff that you let's say for instance you, you like phew, rock climbing or something, really look into. Is there are there rock climbing groups where you're going to be? If you're out in the middle of nowhere and your passion is rock climbing, then you're going to be a little frustrated when you arrive. So maybe like check those things out before you come, because there's so many people doing so many different things. And the longer I stay here, the more I see that how more I see how important it is for people to really get on those things that they enjoy to make their time here fun. Right, right. So many people fall into the trap of just getting here and then kind of getting washed out, you know, they, they're not doing the things they enjoy, they're getting a little bit burned out, whereas if you just find these things, you know, right. it could be anything. I've got friends who, they do crochet or all <laughs> kinds of stuff, anything from crochet to, to, I don't know, martial arts or anything, you know, so yeah, really look into those things before you arrive. So common interest groups? Yeah, something right. like that, yeah, really right. like research it. Maybe. And, and maybe one more? Or? Oh, or maybe if that's two, and that's also fine. That's two solid ones. <laughs> Let's be honest. Right. Right. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> why are you leaving me with nothing, Tom? Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to do two and then pass the button. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say, like Tom, you know, try to find out things that you can do before you come, and like kind of get in contact with people. Um, like I joined probably like 15 million Facebook groups before mm-hmm. I got here. Like wow. Facebook. Facebook is probably, like, the biggest way of getting in contact with people here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know I, like, went on Dave's ESL and, like, kind of contacted people. I even went on Reddit and got in contact with people, and they really got me. Um, I There's, like, one person that I'm, I still talk to, like, on a pretty regular basis from Reddit. And um, so, like, just tons of websites. There's, there's people everywhere. And uh, so just make sure that you kind of... Find something that you can do because, yeah, it's very, very easy to get trapped into, like, just staying in your apartment doing nothing. And mm. then you feel like you're kind of just living to work, and that's not really how you want to live your life. Especially um, when they deliver yeah. McDonald's 24-7. Yeah, that is the worst <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> uh, save that for lazy Sundays. Um, so definitely also be prepared to motivate yourself. Because that's that's something I struggle with is motivating that's myself. A good one, yeah. So you have to 
be willing to shove yourself out the door so that you don't stay in your dark apartment for like 14 hours before you go to work. Um, so yeah, be prepared to motivate yourself because you're kind of here on your own and there won't be anybody to like, your mom's not there to shove you out the door anymore. Like you, you kind of have to do this yourself. So I think that's one thing that if I could share with anyone, just be prepared to motivate yourself. That's a, that's a, that's a good message. Yeah. Um, Right, right. Um, I do want to quickly do you know wrap this and and give my two cents about what you guys said though. Um, yeah. Um, talk to talking to a, 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 I guess a foreign teacher, existing foreign teachers. Yeah. I mean, if they say you we only have one teacher and you'll be that one teacher, then ask a, a teacher there to you know send emails to you or or at, le- at least contact with each other in email. I mean, talking to I, I you know I wouldn't feel safe even as a Hawaiian owner or a school owner that. Uh, if a school cannot provide that, I mean, you have to be skeptical. You have to be skeptical. It's like references, right? Right, 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 right. And especially, you know, if if it's a school cannot provide, if a school cannot provide a, a teacher who works there to send an uh, email to a person who might come, then you know that's just said it about the job. Mm-hmm. And common interest groups and motivation. I mean, to, I, I kind of saw that as the same kind of deal. A lot of people I hear that I hear I do hear that a lot. I mean, I'm here to try new things and and also venture out to, and, and experience new things. But there's so much. Ex, there's only so much experience you're going to be doing. Right? I mean, you're you're here to work also. Let's not you know forget that. I mean, and if there's 50, 50 weeks in in a year, then you know the possibly there's only going to be about you know uh, six weeks, th- uh, three week or six weekends or ten weekends that you're going to be out there traveling. You know, most of the weeks you need that. Just to, most of the weekends you need you need it just to rest for the you know mm-hmm. rest of the week. So you know, unless you have common interests, unless you have something that you always done that is time efficient and you already know what's going on, and therefore you also know how to connect with people. You know, you know, you know, adjusting here might be you know difficult. I think and motivating yourself. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful message. I think because yeah. a lot of people do just get stuck here. And not leave, and then you're not going to be, be friends to anyone. Right, and it'll right. just be boring. Right, you know, it'll just be boring. <laughs> and if I if I may add just one more thing, I think this this uh, this this wasn't brought up, so I do want to add. Um, try to have a, a good reason besides, and then this is coming from a school owner or Korean kind of sense. Yeah, of course. Try to have yeah. a, a great reason why you might why you're here besides I had to pay off my student loan, <laughs> and, and I say that because. That's your opening line. That's your opener. I mean, why are you here? A lot of people will ask you, how did you find yourself here? Why did you come to Korea? Why did you come to the city? Mm. And if you have a beautiful answer, they'll welcome you with open arms. Mm, of course, yeah. You know, I, you know, you say that, if you say things like, oh, I've always been interested in Korean culture, or I love K-pop. I mean, even something as silly as that, you know, they'll welcome you. And, and that's important, though. In, yeah. in reality, yeah. K-pop will get you everywhere. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I said actually in my interview, my original interview. I can't remember what it was, but it, it definitely wasn't. I got to get that money. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what I said. Right. So I mean, you know, something along the lines that you could say to your boss, but you know, to anyone in Korea, because eventually you will be asked that question, mm-hmm. and you know, knowing what to say then um, might, might open doors. Might you know, might build. Might be a start of a friendship. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's move on. Um, so this is a segment called YouTube Pick of the Week. And um, in each episode, we'll pick a video clip from YouTube that will either broaden our perspectives or improve, or I guess that will broaden our perspectives and improve what we do. 
and um, you know YouTube so that everyone can watch it. And yeah. uh, you also find you also be able to find these YouTube clips from our uh, Facebook page. If you go Facebook and search for podcast A, um, you know you'll you'll have these. Now the first video is Stephen Krashen, a very famous um, linguist and um, language teacher overall. And uh, this is a this is a video old old video clip uh, from the eighties I think. And um, this is a Stephen Krashen Krashen on language acquisition. If you type it, you know as that you'll find it on YouTube. And um, in this video, he talks about language acquisition, input hypothesis, his experience teaching um, Japanese kids, and etc. And it was a great lecture. And um, you will find, you know, because I was curious and I was very interested and excited. I watched this back in college, way back there, and uh, and I watched it again just a couple of days ago. And because I got excited and interested again, I started searching other videos or related videos on YouTube and. You know, there, you will find Stephen Krashen talking about the same things, even recent days, but in a different fashion, of course. But um, I mean, what did you think about it? Well, I, I mean, at first it seemed like, oh, you're kind of set, you know, pointing out the obvious. Because maybe for the, mm-hmm. for the people who are listening, the, um, one of the central sort of theses is um, talking about basically providing children with input that they can understand and right. keeping your communication in that kind of sort of band of things that they can understand, you know, simplistic language and things that they already can get, and then pushing it slightly. He has a technical jargon for it, it was like I plus one or something like this, but uh, basically pushing it ever so slightly so that they can always be sort of reaching for that next step and um, improving their language, quote, acquisition this way. He makes the distinction between acquisition and learning, right? Mm. Whereas learning is that kind of conscious learning of the grammar rules, you know, that traditional, here is why we do this, you know, and then the acquisition is the actual just receiving a message and understanding that message. So um, I thought those were interesting distinctions. And at first it seemed obvious, but then I realized, actually, no, like, not everyone is doing it this way. There are... Thousands, hundreds of thousands of kids trapped in classrooms getting drilled with grammar rules <laughs> when it might not actually be helping their, quote, language acquisition. All right. Um, one thing that clicked to me, especially, was uh, there's a segment in, the, in that video where it says, you know, people used to think that if they repeat after a teacher many times or repeat after an audio recording many times, then you will pick up that language. Hmm. And he deliberately says that that's, how now, that's not how language is taught. And he... Hmm. Um, he stresses the uh, the meaningful input or input hypothesis, I guess. How whatever we give them, when we find meaning into, I guess, in, in conversation, then then that's the point that you start to understand. And he gives that Mr. Spock, mm-hmm. and um, because but you know if you think about it, and, and he also talks about uh, his experience with this, this Japanese girl. He told me and says, oh, say ball. If you say if you say the ball, I'll give you the ball and all kinds of stuff. Um, those things do make sense, but oftentimes I, I do see teachers not actually even knowing that in their subconscious. They, they don't really put that into practice because we oftentimes tell kids to repeat after you know what we read, and they will repeat after us, and oh, they got it, and you know soon they'll be able to use those vocabulary in the real sentences. But that's not really true, mm, right? Yeah, and you know, especially I mean, what did you think? I mean, because because you you. you I, I, in majority, most of my times teach uh, high elementary or middle school or even high school kids. But I mean, what do you think back when you were teaching kindergarten? 
Well, one thing that I was just thinking while you were talking then that struck me about the video is that if you actually think about his method, it quite closely relates to how we acquire our first language. I think when you're teaching kindergarten students, especially, that, I mean, well, I can only speak from my own experience, but in my experience, that has been more closely how I went about teaching it naturally. I naturally would, because it's a lot more physical, it's a lot more sort of energetic, and there's a lot more movement, and there's things going on, there's a lot more different situations. But whereas the more you move up the age groups, elementary, middle school, the more the situation looks like a classroom, you know? And the more the situation looks like a classroom, the more you behave like the classic teacher. You know, you do your your role as teacher. And I, I don't think it's always effective. You know, I think, like, you know, Krashen says, it's more effective to teach it almost as if it was a first language and when i was when i first watched it i was actually hiking with my new puppy Mm. and 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 i'm in the process uh, process of training this puppy and and i'm trying to teach her you know this is you know and when i say you know know, kaka kaka in korean is is is, is snacks basically Mm. you know goodies and candies and um you know whenever i give her a treat i say that and i was like after watching Crash, I was like, okay, how long will it, will it take for my puppy to actually understand, you know, <laughs> the meaning of the word kaka? Because, I mean, I, you know, I've been raising dogs all my life, and I know that after a certain period of time, dogs do understand, I mean, few, in my, my hallucination, I guess, <laughs> um, few terms or words. Mm. But uh, in the video, you know, the one, one, one thing that also struck me was this, this girl, he told me he didn't say anything for six months, and then... And then the, the last six months, the, the year she was in, in, in the States, the first six months she didn't really say anything. And then the last six, year, six, uh, six months, the first six months she didn't say much, but then the last six months she, were, she, she was you know, having a conversation with kids just like any other kids. And she was in, in crashing and was like, so what happened in the first six months? And, she, he, and his conclusion was she was listening. She was listening to make sure all those inputs were making sense and all that. And I think... Very rarely we, we think about, you know, we, we give them so much input, input to, to our students, but we, we, don't, we rarely really think about what it means or how it is being perceived to mm, the kids. What it means to them. Right, right. And, but what, what did you think about the video? Um, for me, it was kind of like you're watching it and the whole time you're thinking, oh, this is obvious. Like, isn't this how we always do it? Like, of course, this is how you do it. This is how it should be done. But then you kind of pay attention to how most classrooms are set up, and you're like, oh, none of us really do this outside of, like, elementary school. Mm. Like, once you get into talking about parking tickets, you're like, mm, there's, really, there's really nothing there. So I think that's kind of a struggle that I'm kind of still dealing with, even, you know, even though I've been at this for a while, is having to take the topics that, you know, we're teaching and try to make them relatable to the kids and for some subjects are a lot easier than others but once you get into like more complex things it's it's gets more difficult to break it down into more simple concepts that they can understand Mm. and um so sometimes it's something that even i have to struggle with and like we'll we'll break out the neighbor dictionary and like try to try to do this the best we can but like sometimes it it gets really difficult and you never sometimes you're just st- st- 
stuck there like I I honestly don't know what to tell you. So then <laughs> so then so then you have to like fight between you and Google Translate to find something similar or like really close that gets close enough. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, sometimes sometimes all I really hope for is to get just close enough that they get kind of what I'm talking about and like hope that between time and like hearing it in other contexts they'll understand like truly what it means because I mean like you said it's kind of like learning your first language all over again and like I'm learning Korean and so like it's it's I think it's a good thing for me to see how I'm learning Korean versus how I'm teaching them English. I had the same experience, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like, okay, like, I really am just, like, a small child having to learn the word for, like, chunwon, which is, like, a thousand won and everything. So it's, it's, I think it's a, a good experience for me and that, you know, I'm learning just as much as they are, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think <clears throat> um, to speak for, not speak for, but speak about Krashen, I mean, he, he does, he did, Save you know here and there um, very lowly of the uh, the standardized test system, um, and I think that's one of the things I guess one of the challenges of TOEFL. I mean, you know, there's it, TOEFL is an awesome test. I mean, you know, I love it, but there's also loopholes where kids could just memorize some templates mm-hmm. and get through with it. Meaning, I mean, I know plenty of kids who will just who still who will be able to make a good response in TOEFL, but never really be able to you know do any kind of debate or any kind of real conversation so i guess um i don't know maybe maybe that adds to your point i mean kids don't really understand what it is but kind of just learn how to pick out key points here and there and crashing in that respect reminds me of uh, have you ever heard of michelle thomas he does these uh, he does these crash courses in all different europe mostly european languages and it was like they were like cassettes from back in the day and you could like put on one of these things and like learn rudimentary french or rudimentary spanish really fast and the techniques he's using are very similar to the stuff that crashing is talking about you know just building things up from a low level like he talks about scaffolding right Right. providing scaffolding for the language learner michelle thomas does that really really well and it kind of like guides you up little by little by little. It's uh, we we should check him out one day. It's really, oh, really yeah, interesting. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, so um, you know we we uh, we were not like super linguists or anything. We're not a uh, uh, you know a very highly trained language um, acquisition experts or anything. But I mean, we do encourage you to watch his videos. And you know, just like today, we would like to you know talk about if there's any good videos that will improve. Um, our perspectives. Oh, and if you want a, a shorter one, because the one we suggested was like 20 minutes long, right? Right, right. Well, oh, next time, I do. Ha- I, I have picked a, a few selections, and next ones, the, the other runner-ups are all less than four minutes. So well, we can put another one in the show notes, because I found one where it will blow your mind in three and a half minutes. Right. Yeah. He, he, uh, he gives two lessons in German. The first lesson is just <laughs> and you're like, oh, that was terrible. I don't understand anything. <laughs> and then he does another one where he he literally speaks for like a minute or a minute and a half in German, and you understand everything. And I was like, how is he doing this voodoo magic? <laughs> and I was like, if I can channel Crashen in my classroom, that would be amazing. You know, so when you're here for, you know, six months or a year, right. and you have these like materials like Crashen and stuff, they can really make your time more fun. You know, yeah, it's like and, a little game. And, and it does open your eyes up in terms to, to see the power of, Using stick figures and you know, little <laughs> hand gestures. I mean, it does right. go a long way. Yeah, that video oh, was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool. All right, I guess um, that concludes our show today. 
and um, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really great for us. So um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, please send your inquiries about teaching in Korea. We can also answer questions about teaching English all around Asia. Um, so send your questions to podcasta at likeschool.co.kr or leave a comment on our Facebook. Yeah, we'll get right back to you. Yeah. All right. Catch you in the next episode. All right. Peace, all right. guys. Peace. All right. Bye-bye.